The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Seven minutes after eight it is here on AM Live. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. It's time for the Forum at 8. Now, um, last year, I'm sure I don't have to remind you, was quite eventful in Parliament. And uh, this year has gotten off to an equally eventful start. The economic freedom fighters have vowed to disrupt the State of the Nation address by President Jacob Zuma, which uh, should take place, which will take place in Parliament next month. Now, this after Speaker of Parliament, Balekambete, turned down their request to schedule a session with the President prior to the official opening of Parliament. On the Forum at 8 this morning, we look at how Parliament will deal with EFF's threat and exactly how the economic freedom fighters are planning to disrupt proceedings of the opening of Parliament. And we invite you, because we know you have been wanting to get in on this particular discussion, so the lines are open 891 You can start dialing immediately. EFF, they were supposed to come on. They have since... Uh, decided that uh, they will not be participating in this discussion but we are continuing this discussion with Deputy Speaker of Parliament, Mr. Lichisa Jinudi. Thanks for coming through this morning. Thank you very much, Sakina. Now, last year was of course a very, very eventful but, you know, just walk us through the opening of Parliament, because it is a special sitting of both the Houses, the National Assembly, as well as the National Council of Provinces. But how is it different from ordinary sittings in both these Houses? Not only is it a sitting of uh, the National Assembly and the National Council of Provinces, uh, the judiciary also comes in and it is one time when the three arms of the state are together under the same roof to listen to the head of state. So this is what makes it a very different uh, environment to the ordinary sittings of the House, in that it means that the two arms of the state are coming together to come and uh, listen to the president give an overview of the state of the nation as we begin the year. And so the the significance is not only that, but also that it, it, it launches the program of parliament uh, so to speak, the president requests firstly to do that, and then subsequently his State of the Nation address is also debated immediately afterwards, so that various political parties uh, did not just only come to listen, but also they enter the debate to talk about the assessment the president has placed before the nation about what are the issues, what are the concerns, and what are the things that are going to be happening according to government. And so the members of parliament then enter the debate uh, in after the president has laid it down for us mm. and um, just looking at you know the proceedings and the order of proceedings on that particular day can yes. you just walk us through for the benefit of those who have not had the opportunity because very often when we do broadcast it is usually just the president's speech yes. but uh, everything else that goes into the preparation for that moment okay in the first place Sakina uh, this the process of preparation of the State of uh, Nation Address begins actually even before the, the, the previous year ends, so that the, the identification of the organization of the event on the day is gone through uh, det- in a detailed manner, so, so that various parts of, the, of, the, of Parliament as a whole, both the National Council of Provinces and the National Assembly, uh, the procedural people, the the people responsible for 
protection services and uh, overall security and the uh, invitations to guests uh, they are often notified in advance uh, to indicate uh, they are coming and so on so this uh, invitation of guests including uh, we have the largest uh, presence of foreign embassies in our country second only to washington in the world so those embassies too also would like to come and hear uh, on behalf of their countries what south africa is going to be doing in the next year so its significance uh, uh, is that that those kind of issues must be looked at the numbers and who specifically is going to be coming in what capacity and the various other people in society uh, business labor uh, non-governmental organizations uh, uh, veterans uh, in the in the environment as a whole and other guests including foreign guests other than uh, uh, diplomats other foreign guests who are in the country or who specifically come in to visit and so on they often indicate this far in advance that uh, we will be in south africa we would like to be invited to the state of the nation address and this is why one of the things that we do is the question of security because we've got visitors who are ordinarily not there uh, so that we must assure them that uh, they are their place during a very significant thing will be uh, they will be safe they will be able to enjoy both the form uh, of the event but also the content as well because the the state of the nation address does not only attract interest in what the president is going to say but an opportunity for the public in its variety of forms comments on that state of the nation address so people have come to listen not only who come practically, physically, but also outside of the world. Uh, the world is interested in uh, in what South Africa is doing, where it is headed to, and um, you can't believe the interest that is generated uh, worldwide by that kind of event. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and this is why as presiding officers in the House, this is for us one of the most nerve-wracking events for which we have to prepare to prepare for and ensure that all goes according to plan uh, because sometimes organizing such a huge event uh, is itself a very important uh, event but let me also state uh, sakina i come from local government and one of uh, my r- uh, responsibility of the minister of cocta is uh, disaster management any event of that magnitude immediately requires the involvement of people right at the top of the disaster management and it means the the coming together of various players uh, they set up what we call a, a joint operating center in other words the police the army the the uh, def- the, the various protective and organizations department of health uh, the department of social development so that uh, any such event that requires the, the magnitude of organization and brings in that number of people in the same space everything is done for them to be protected and in the event of anything happening that uh, the the institution will have prepared for those eventualities mm. and so on so it's a very significant place in any country as well is it any more nerve-wracking this year given um the letter that was sent by the EFF uh, to the speaker of parliament and also will this have a bearing on uh, increased security detail for example for this year's sona 
Well, Sakina, we, we hope that uh, members of parliament who are making such threat, as uh, Madam Speaker said to them in a letter, will desist from doing that. Because often uh, those kind of things, they complicate uh, the preparations, okay? Because we've got structures in parliament that are responsible for managing those processes. In other words, this is not just the presiding officers. Political parties have a responsibility to act uh, to ensure that things goes according to plan. There are whips, uh, and this is the role of whips in each political party to ensure the general discipline of members of parliament so that they go according to the rules and conventions of this event. So, yes, it is a worrying thing that that thing happens because uh, any responsible government would take such uh, government would take such threats seriously because it's threats aimed at the president. It goes outside of parliament. Uh, Parliament itself has a responsibility. We are the hosts. The president has requested the sitting. So we have to take uh, uh, measures to ensure that nothing happens and disrupt the proceedings of this Mm. one. So our our hope is that uh, we will be able to, to prevail on all members of parliament to ensure that that event goes without a hitch. So just on a point of clarity before I go to the lines, the request was that Parliament be reconvened before the State of the Nation address delivered by President Jacob Zuma, as I understand it. Yes, yes. Now, why was that request not granted? Talk us through the Speaker's decision in not granting that request. No, no, I can't do that. The, The reason I stated, every beginning of the year has to begin in the usual manner unless there's an extraordinary event that uh, prevents that from happening, that an extraordinary sitting must be called. Uh, probably in her, in her estimation, that, uh, that event does not exist. There are enough opportunities in Parliament at a variety of times for the debate and for the President to take on questions and those kind of things. So, uh, for example, I have said that the President will be coming in his position as the state uh, President. He promptly comes back for the debate, sits in there. So every opportunity will be there for people to raise their consent. Secondly, the president comes back uh, later uh, during the presentation of the budget in February. Uh, And he then follows that with his presence again to present his budget. Now coming as head of government, right? not as head of state to present the budget of his office. In other words, everything that has to do with what's happening in the presidency as a whole. And those, all of those things, those instances of the presence of the president in the House, in the opinion of the Speaker, are opportunities for all members of Parliament to engage with the president in a variety of ways, including when he does come for questions and answers. We can't always want to have what we want when we want, irrespective of everything else around us. So all political parties engage in a programming and scheduling process to ensure that those things that are done when the programming meetings are held, are held as it has often also come into the public sharply that the programming committee must meet. The speaker can't do that uh, without having, uh, if there's agreement and there's extraordinary uh, conditions apply, uh, call for such a sitting. So in this instance, uh, the, the the indication has been that the, let's work cooperatively on these matters. 
there is enough possibilities uh, for questions to be raised at an appropriate time. Mm, but the issue has been raised. And uh, how are the rules of Parliament going to assist you in dealing with the eventuality, uh, should it arise, of uh, someone interrupting the President while he is delivering the State of the Nation address? Uh, Sakina, let us first say that we hope we do not have to come to that because it would not be appropriate because not only is the is the convention understood and when we arrived as MPs because as we arrived every time we are taken through induction processes and so on and it is a political process that the institution operates uh, cooperatively by the there are 13 other political parties for example in parliament mm. who must engage in the discussions about what happens and how it happens so the the induction about what happens in parliament overall uh, so that you can get your turn at an appropriate time to raise what you want in ways that perhaps other political parties may not have want to, is provided for in the conventions in Parliament. Just to illustrate this, well, in, in one debate, uh, two uh, chief whips rises in the House and the, the, the chief whip of the Freedom Fund decides to defer to the chief whip of the uh, biggest opposition party uh, the chief whip of the opposition of of the DA in the house and we inquire about that and he reminds us the of the of the freedom fund that this is convention i'm just mm. uh, deferring to convention this is how we do things in the house in other words where it is appropriate uh, the conventions define what happens not everything is in the rule has to be in the rule uh, but even but in are the conventions binding no, the conventions. Uh, this, if you if you disregard the conventions, then you invite uh, the authority of the speaker to come into play because the speaker seeks to get out of the way so that as many of what happens is by agreement by political parties. But the speaker has authority to grant uh, 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 to listen to what people wants to do, and if it is not procedural, if it is not a matter that is. Uh, provided for by agreement in convention, then the Speaker has authority to prevent that from, from, from happening. Let's go to Hussein in Peter Maritzburg. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you? Good, good, good. And good morning to the Deputy Speaker. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Sir, just um, uh, two comments, actually. Uh, the, you know, the, the highlights of last year were actually just two things, you know, for me. One was the Parliament uh, channel, and uh, you know we spent lots of time, you know, uh, watching the Parliament channel at night, especially. And then the other one is, you know, the the famous word of honourable members, you know, that has stuck in uh, with <laughs> in, in in as far as our working environment is, you know. So everybody's starting to use this here. I think it's the most popular uh, most popular word now that that the people are using. But nevertheless, my my suggestion is. Why don't we, as, as ANC, get rid of the speaker and replace her with with the honourable deputy speaker? Because the honourable deputy speaker is much more versatile, much more educated, you know, and and much more calmer. There's no arrogance in the in the deputy speaker. So my suggestion is that maybe what you call it uh, that will that will that will solve ninety percent of our problems in the parliament because you can see. Uh, people, uh, especially AFS, uh, are having issues in relating 
with the speaker. So my suggestion is that maybe what you call it, get together with our speakers and, and get rid of the speaker, and then we can win three quarters of our battle. And then I hope so that EFF, EFF will also come in line, and uh, then they will also tow the uh, tow the line, okay. and they will they will discuss you know things uh, appropriately. Thank you so much, Hussein. Let's hear from Funani in East London. Good morning. Morning, Sakina, and greetings to the Deputy Speaker. Good. I think we can talk about Parliament itself and uh, what it seeks to achieve, whether it achieves it or not. But if we confine ourselves to the state of the nation, the question on my side is, what is there to lose if EFF disturbs the President from speaking or stops the entire thing from happening? My answer to the very same question is that we lose nothing. Because really, the state of the nation is intended to deliver nothing. I say it's intended to deliver nothing because in the past, I'm not sure how many years, from the time of President Mandela, Tamobin and the current president, there has never been anything that is achieved by the state of the nation. There are a few things that appoint us. If you're to watch your TV and you want to see what's happening or it's state of the nation, it's a fashion parade. We, we just want to see who's wearing what, who came with who in that state of the nation, who was wearing a, a very weird of dresses. It's, it's a party, a big party for MPs, lavish cocktails, a red carpet, and at the end of it all, it's a money-spending jamboree. It's not only confined to our national parliament as that big money-spending jamboree. It's repeated in provinces. The very same thing that we, we saw there, it happens. And then if you were to sit down and quantify, the Daily Dispatcher in East London, they did some exercise of saying in the Eastern Cape, how much is spent on the state of the province address? So if you are to say, let's do the cost-benefit analysis and say we spent so many millions, what is the benefit? Sagina and the listeners, Let's read the State of the Nation address, at least of the past five years, 2010. You'll notice that what the president has been saying is the same thing. He raised in 2010 the issue of electricity that we still don't have. He spoke about poverty that is still troubling us. He spoke about rural development. That is, we're still where we were then. Why, you see, the, the deputy speaker is saying, yes, there will be guests from so many countries. They will come listen. They don't care. Those people who come from wherever, in their countries, things happen. So we in this country, why are things not happening for us? So some of us in Azapo, we've been toying with this idea that we need parliament to have this jamboree. Why okay. is it that our parliament cannot open like all of us? Sakina, you come to work, you open, and there's nothing. So I don't believe that we need the State of the Nation address. Okay, that is Funani in East London. Lucky and Centurion, good morning. Uh, uh, good morning, SK. Uh, SK, I just want to say that, you know, I really sympathize with the EFF and all the, the opposition parties in Parliament. You listen to that uh, question and answering session of Jacob Zuma. He never answers any question from the opposition parties, really. I mean, if you look at it and see what he says, the only thing that he answers prepared questions from the ANC. And uh, I can understand why they actually frustrated. You know? I mean, even even taking into consideration that he actually never appeared uh, for the other sessions that he was supposed to have with the parliament. And uh, and then, and I really understand the frustration why. Um, if really these people were really fair and really answering questions as as when they put to, to us the president, I think this we wouldn't be faced with this uh threat from the EFF now. Okay, thanks Lucky and Centurion. Felix in Nelspreit, good morning. Good morning, thank you for taking my call. 
Fatima, actually it is not the importance of uh, the state of the nation address that, that anybody can doubt, because I really believe it is important. But the issue...